Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello everyone and welcome. It is I, Katie Petrick, joined as I always am by Mr. David Fiorazzo. And you know what? We wanna hear from you. We really do. Yes. So please hit us up on the line, stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org. Drop us a message or even how you found out about our little show over here at Freedom Project. We would love to hear those stories. Again, stayeducated.org. All right, friends, it's that special time of the week when education guru, the, the education guru comes out of the basement to impart some intellectual wisdom on us. I'm kidding about the basement, but I give you Mr. Alex Newman. Thanks guys. Yeah, boy, have I got a creepy crawly story for you today. Excuse the pun. <laughs> so not funny. Uh, anyways, uh, government indoctrination centers, better known as public schools, are now teaching the little children to eat the bugs because they will save the planet. And uh, apparently it's healthy and nutritious. Um, at least that's what the United Abominations and the World Economic Forum want you to think. But uh, 10 years ago, I did a story at the New American Magazine uh, about a report from the UN Food and Agriculture Organization saying that we all needed to eat the bugs. And uh, they said the best way to make sure Westerners would be willing to eat Z-Bugs was to uh, uh, unleash a giant media campaign, a propaganda campaign encouraging us to eat bugs and even throw in a few uh, goofy celebrities. Uh, and then to brainwash the little children in the public schools. Well, last week, a uh, concerned parent in the state of Florida, the state that people think is uh, better than other states, in some ways maybe we are, but uh, definitely not on the government indoctrination front. This is happening everywhere. Uh, and uh, this was a set of worksheets teaching children all about the greatness of eating bugs. Bugs, food for the future. So you see right there, uh, that's one of the documents that was sent to me. This was for fifth grade students. The, uh, the child who uh, was handed this worksheet was 10 years old. Uh, and in this uh, worksheet, where this reading assignment, you'll see that uh, according to the worksheet, there are several reasons scientists support the use of insects as an important food source in the future. Uh, so apparently all scientists everywhere, kind of like with the man-made global warming hoax, all scientists support the eating of insects in the future. Uh, According to this ridiculous worksheet, they are a good source of nutrition and have a much smaller impact on the environment. Uh, you can see a little chart that they gave to these poor victims of their uh, government brainwash camps. Uh, see, look how much food you get from the amount of feed. Look, you get half a kilogram of crickets for every kilogram of animal feed, and you only get 0.22 kilograms of chicken. See? That proves once and for all that eating cockroaches and beetles is better than chicken. Yeah, okay, obviously that's insane, but that's what they're teaching children. And, you know, children will believe that a little magical tooth fairy is going to come and leave money under their pillow in exchange for a tooth. Uh, children will believe that a big fat guy riding behind some reindeer dressed in a fluffy red jacket will slide down every chimney in the world and bring little presents for boys and girls. And so if you tell little children that bugs are good and nutritious and healthy and good for the planet, uh, then yeah, probably kids will believe it, right? Uh, so this is the kind of crazy stuff. Uh, and then they kind of condemn uh, older Americans who are just so close-minded and bigoted. Here's another worksheet they gave to the kids. Eating bugs and seaweed. Americans need to open their minds, okay? Uh, and they say that eating insects is an efficient way to provide basic food needs, okay? If people just knew the facts, they might change their minds. Uh, and then they go on to uh, uh, give us some orders. Americans need to get past their fears of eating unfamiliar things for many reasons. Insects and seaweed may be the foods of the future. 
Are you feeling loved yet? Um, by the way, folks, uh, I was looking into this, and uh, the idea that bugs are healthy and nutritious is preposterous. It didn't take me five minutes at the National Institutes of Health website to find a number of very concerning studies. I want to show you this one from 2017. According to the study, eating uh, chitin or chitin, which is a, a, a some kind of compound that is in the exoskeletons of bugs, uh, according to this study, it will provoke innate human immunity to generate a deluge of inflammatory cytokines which injure organs, leading to asthma, atopic dermatitis, and in persistent situations lead to death, multiple sclerosis, systemic lupus erythromatosis, and cancer. Um, wow, that sounds delicious. Give me more bugs, please, right? Uh, then another study, uh, two years after that, a 2019 study, highlights the concerns about the parasites that live in insects and are transmitted to human beings and animals when those human beings and animals eat the insects. So yeah, that doesn't sound very healthy to me. Uh, that's probably one of the reasons why God warns in Leviticus chapter 11, 41, that eating most types of bugs is an abomination, which is a very strong term, typically reserved for things that are really, really, really nasty, okay? So sorry, I'm not gonna be eating the bugs and I'm not going to allow you to teach my children that eating the bugs are good. Now this uh, insane assignment was produced by a, a education company called Benchmark Education, and it describes itself as a leading provider of literacy and language programs, intervention resources, and professional teaching resources for K through 12 ELA learning. And so schools all over the nation use these propaganda resources, uh, even though the company has been under fire repeatedly for scandals, including in Colorado, where they got in trouble for creating reading programs that don't teach children how to read using phonics, which is, of course, the only way that you can learn how to read our alphabet. Uh, and of course, we just talked about that last week's in last week's episode uh, for the Newman Report, where they finally admitted in Time magazine that, uh, yeah, you kind of need to learn phonics if you want to learn how to read. So folks, uh, this is a very woke company. If you go through their website, you see all this far left uh, extremism, culturally responsive teaching and diversity and all this LGBT nonsense. Um, yeah, so that's what they're doing, folks. Uh, and this is perfectly in line with what the UN wants. Uh, here's from the 2013 report from the UN Food and Agriculture Organization, which incidentally is run by a Chinese communist. Uh, here's what they said. Western societies require tailored media communication strategies and educational programs that address the disgust factor of eating bugs. Uh, they demanded the cooperation between all sectors of the education community. Okay, so this was their plan, folks. Ten years ago, the United Abomination said, we need to brainwash all the children of the world to eat the bugs. And ten years later, it is in your children's classrooms. Folks, this is disgusting. This is evil. This is happening not just on eating bugs, but on every other wicked agenda you can think of. It's time to protect your children. The politicians won't do it. The bureaucrats won't do it. The UN won't do it. It's on you. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Growing up in the 1960s and 70s, my dad used to turn on the AM radio in the morning 
every day at the kitchen table, we would sit down, have cream of wheat or bacon and eggs or whatever. And one of the programs we always listened to was Paul Harvey, who died in 2009. Now, he never claimed to be a prophet. He didn't use scare tactics. But one broadcast from 1965 seemed to be prophetic and describe our culture war and this present darkness permeating our land today. It was called, If I Were the Devil. That's next. I'm David Fiorazzo, and this is Christ and Culture. The spiritual dynamic in play here is undeniable, as the satanic assault on God, truth, the church, and family in America has affected every aspect of our culture. Paul Harvey often used humor as he commentated on the news of the day, but on this 1965 radio program, he detailed reasons for the decline in biblical values. He seemed to understand what too many busy people today still don't get. We're losing our country. Truer than we want to admit, the following is what he broadcast word for word in 1965. Listen. If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the... So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography, Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. 
I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. Good day. If I were the devil, I'd just keep on doing what he's doing. Every time I listen to that, something new jumps out at me. Deify science, right? No God, science. But let's briefly sum up a few of the demonic agendas that Paul Harvey just alluded to in 1965. Capture the nation of America. Deceive and pervert churches. Call the Bible a myth. Uh, declare that there's no creator. Infiltrate entertainment, media, and education. Promote drugs and porn. Remove God from institutions. Encourage socialism. Downplay the Constitution and patriotism. Redefine truth and marriage. Promote the perverse. If I were the devil, I'd just keep on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey's commentary was ahead of his time and a vivid description of how the father of lies deceives people. He plots and plans, seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will use and abuse anyone gullible enough or wicked enough to do his dirty work. The devil has been going after children, especially at the youngest ages today, he uses a lot of people to do it, right? He works to rob them of childhood joy and innocence by confusing them with things they don't understand and they, sowing seeds of doubt regarding biological sex. They're, they're exposed to sexual ideas and perversions they're too young to process. And as they get older, the devil uses corporations, schools, government, and entertainment to encourage sexual experimentation, promiscuity, and abortion while destroying any belief in God or biblical values. Repeated lies and propaganda produces disciples of humanism, globalism, political activism, socialism, and suppression of the truth. It's not over, friends, but this is how the enemy has advanced on our watch. Concerned American, your move. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. All right, let's take a little time to find out what is trending left. We start in Miami, Florida, where a gender surgeon named Dr. Gallagher is using TikTok to lure young people in with playful promotions on how amazing it will be to remove their breasts and change sexes. 
Do you hate talking on the phone as much as I do? Well, here at Gallagher Plastic Surgery, you can just text us. You can arrange a whole consult, probably set up most of a surgery without talking to anybody on the phone. We will do a video consult later, but just text us on this number. Okay, so as you can see, you don't have to communicate with actual humans or know that you're talking to supposedly doctors. Isn't that also what like late night infomercials used to have where it's like, text us now if you want to hear comments. That's, that's exactly what that is. But now you're supposed to do it because it's for gender surgery. So you don't have to talk to your parents about it anymore. You can just text with doctors. Sure. But not to worry, friends, as it appears the normalization of gender dysphoria forced upon children is being shifted into overdrive, with more doctors coming out of the shadows every day to endorse things like puberty blockers for children, all while calling them perfectly harmless. Listen to how perfectly normal this pediatrician describes stopping the natural growth and development of a child's body. Puberty blockers are used once puberty has started, but not when you're too far along. And what they do is they just pause your puberty where it's at. And that gives you time to further explore your gender identity without the extra pressure of developing in a gender in which you might not feel comfortable. And then if you continue those puberty blockers long enough, then you can start replacement therapy with the uh, gender identity hormone of your choice when you reach usually around 15 or so, or once you've been on that puberty blocker for at least a couple of years. Oh, so just a couple of years that you're on that puberty blocker, that it'll be all fine. You see how it's just very calming the way she tells you. It's almost as if she's reading a, a children's story to, to a seven-year-old. That's how she explains, you know, just blocking your puberty. It's, it's normal. It's, it's perfectly harmless. While it turns out the U.S. is not the only country, country that is sexualizing children, as a drag queen in Ottawa, Canada was recently filmed encouraging children into sexually dancing for spectators at a recent pride event. Again, notice how quickly this is all being forced on our children. So in a few years, these grown children, now adults, will be tolerant of every sexual perversion you can think of. And the crowd goes wild while we all go insane. Okay. I think I can say we've had enough of the crazy gender stuff for just one day. So let's move on to something much different. People who identify as dogs. And I'm not talking about furries here. I'm talking about people who literally think they should have been born into an animal body, like a dog. It sounds pretty rough. I experienced something called species dysphoria. 
Keep in mind, dysphoria is not trans-exclusive, nor is therianthropy, or being a therian, a gender identity. It is a psychological slash spiritual identity that affects my life and my day-to-day -day immensely. The dysphoria causes me to feel I'm in the wrong body, which is why I always wear this mask in my ears, as well as do other things to alleviate the stress that I feel, and I try to normalize this harmless identity. It's not the same as being a furry. Well, at least we know that much. But she's reading her explanation of who she is deep down inside as if it's a ransom note. So it makes me wonder how much she truly believes that she is a dog deep down inside. Now, finally, let's wrap things up with another lover of the animals whose video might just give you the urge to hop out of a window. You'll see what I mean in just a ribbit. Today I'm going to be teaching you how to use frog frogs pronouns and sentences, so let's go! Frog frogs pronouns? That sounds so cool! Ding ding ding! And that's because it is cool! Because that means that the person that's using these neo pronouns is staying super curious about frog self and wants to know more about frog self. And I, as a non-neo pronoun user, respect the hell out of that because that takes so much courage. I just wanted to mention that. You don't need my approval. But anyway, frog is such a great person. Frog's smile is so contagious. In fact, I saw a frog make a whole audience smile. I think Frog should be very proud of Frog self. How, how is this real? Her shirt said 1995. Can we please go back to that time because this would never happen in 1995. What's happening now in 2022 is madness. But thankfully, that's going to wrap up the madness for today. More craziness, of course, next time. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, Simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, family and friends, before we let you go, David and I have those special embarrassing secrets to share again. So today, I'm going to tell you a little fun fact that is also a little life lesson, just good knowledge. Fruits and vegetables are life, everybody. They are life. You need to eat your fruits and your vegetables. That's a fun fact. Yeah, basically that's just a picture of me working at the farmer's market. Was that you? That was me. You couldn't tell. Were you so distracted by the carrots? Oh my goodness. That's a me, a Mario. I was looking at the shirt, kind of When cool. you wake up at 4.30 in the morning to go get the, and load, load up all the produce, take it down to the market on, you know, take it out of the, the van and then put it out all out. That's what, that's what I look like. Yay. Cool, cool. Well, my fun fact of the day, and I have a prop for today. I've written four books, and I'm starting my fifth. Oh. God willing, but Canceling Christianity was my numero cuatro. And uh, so it's a fun fact. I'm a glutton for punishment. I, I don't write fiction, so I dive deeply into history and culture and the church and moral relativism and all the nonsense, some of which we talk about on the show. I put that into the chapters and go, man, how are we still surviving as human beings on this planet after all this going on? So I love, I, I love writing. The process is difficult when you put it in a book form, but I really love writing. It's one of my passions. And of course, we want to give our David Fiorazzo a little props here. Help him out if you want to order his, his books. Yes. He's got four. Fifth one on the way, you said. DavidFiorazzo.com. Make sure you head on over there. And 
purchase good reads, necessary reads, mm. and then obviously to eat your fruits and vegetables. Well, that's going to wrap it up for another week here with our educated show. How'd we do this week? Hmm? Please let us know at stayeducated.org. We do read everyone's message that comes through, just like we read David's books while we are eating our fruits and vegetables. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for Katie, for myself, and thanks for watching. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.